welcome to Backboard Banter on the board with your hosts, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner for the Banter's S Ferocious Gary Trent Jr. on that five-game heater, my friend. He is lights out. I still can't believe it. Sometimes when I realize that we have a 23-year-old yep. with that kind of shooting skills, like, oh, my guy. Kind of shooting skills. Man, this guy is unreal. That five-game stretch puts him as one of seven players in the NBA to have 30 points in five straight games. KD, Ja, LeBron, Giannis, Embiid, and Trey are his company. Not too bad. He's one of four players to be shooting 39.5% or better on seven and a half or on uh, three and a half at- or seven and a half attempts from three or better. Um, and he's third or fifth in the entire NBA when pulling up from three um, on that many on three. I think it's three and a half attempts. And then he's one of only eight guys shooting 49% or better on three and a half per, uh, mid-range attempts per game. Guy's unreal. Guy's a shooter. Guy's a scorer. He might be our next championship go-to scorer. And it's kind of beautiful to see, too, because like a lot of people knew that Gary could be a shooter like this. And, and when we made the trade and we, we, get, we knew that he was going to have the opportunity... It was interesting to see him if he could come in and join the system. And when you talk about the system, we talk about Nurse and his need for you to play defense. And Gary's defensive, you know, prowess. emergence this season, because like, he, like his prowess exists, but his emergence for what he's oh, been yeah. capable of doing has been amazing. And it is one of the reasons why the Raps are on this insane win streak, Matt. I took an L, but I'm okay with taking the L because a four-zero week is better than a three-one week. I took the flex. We come up with the W, wraps at 30 wins, my guy. What is going on? Unreal, man. Considering we only got to 27 all of last year, the oh. fact that we're sitting comfortably in sixth place in the Eastern Conference with room to kind of move up even, um, it's absolutely wild. Um, I can't explain it, man. And you know the Suns only lost because I hot take them to get to <laughs> straight, eh? Like, they <laughs> win every single game since, but they had to lose to the Hawks. Whatever. And it was, like, what, hours after you said it, yeah. too? Yeah. You know, on <laughs> Thursday night, the classic play. <sighs> Such is with, with, with our luck these days. With the, our luck with this pod, man. The curse will always get us. Always, man. But that's okay. That's uh, kind of fun to use. Um, we can skip over the hot takes and the, and the Raptors' hot week because we'll be coming back to the that that topic right there. Let's talk about the Super Bowl, man. Um, it's this weekend, you know, Joe Burrow, cool Joe. Uh, he's probably the coolest guy in America right now. Not, not a word of a lie versus Matthew Stafford. Um, it's kind of this interesting matchup between, you know, the youngest first overall pick, um, like in terms of seasons and, and time in the league, Joe Burrow's second season as a starting NFL quarterback in the Super Bowl. Matthew Stafford is the longest um in being the first overall pick to get to a super bowl oh, okay. he as the quarterback he's the longest and joe burrows is the quickest playing each other last year we had the oldest matchup in super bowl history as the coaches and andy reed and bruce arians this year we have the youngest matchup in uh Ta- zach taylor and sean McVay. it's just this weird kind of fun story we got the home teams that we talked about last week yeah, we live in an age of technology, Matt. It's a weird world. There's always going to be something that people can find to be cool and this Stats, way and that. Yeah. But it, 
But it really is an exciting story between them, between the redemption arc, between, you know, the Bengals and how long it's been for this opportunity, right? Like, and yeah, Joe Burrow's just being cool as a cucumber, apparently. Like, it was a, it was a nice week off, but everybody's ready for this Super Bowl. People are pumped. People are excited. A Super Bowl that maybe 2% of people predicted. Somebody, I'm sure, was like, oh, let's go Bengals in the Super Bowl. And then we're like, yeah, Rams, they'll show up, right? Maybe Bengals fans said this, but... Nobody Definitely Bengals fans. Like, <laughs> one Bengals fan in America has this on his bracket somewhere. <laughs> Absolutely, man. The, the thing to me about this whole season for the Bengals is I don't know how they got here. This is a team that, you know, lost to the Jets. Almost lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars. They got pummeled by Cleveland early in the season and late in the season. Yet, they also beat the Pittsburgh Steelers twice, beat the Baltimore Ravens twice, beat the Kansas City Chiefs twice. I'm just so lost. Like, I don't know what to do with this team. It's a roller coaster, and that's what scares you going into a single-game elimination championship weekend winner-takes-all moment, right? Like, are are we here on the roller coaster? Are we down low? Like, what is going to happen? And you know, the the Rams, they'll be at home. So while that can be a blessing, it can also be a curse because the expectation gets absolutely thrown on their shoulders. We saw what happened last year, right? Getting a victory will mean so much to them. So, hey, it's going to be an exciting time. And, I mean, everybody's got the Rams, you know. That's the kind of story right now. But can the Bengals work? They're kind of like building this underdog dynamic. And while we're all going to be sad that, you know, after this week, it's going to be over. That's, that's going to be done for the season, and it's going to be off-season time for football. It, it should be an exciting close, right? Like, I'm expecting some fun to happen in this game. Dude, it should be absolutely unreal. And that's the thing about the Bengals is they play up to their opponents. Yeah. Um, I honestly think that Kansas City was going to roll them last week until something happened and Patrick Mahomes got body snatched. Um, but there's also something about this Bengals team – that because, like, there are so many of them that played on that LSU ch- LSU championship team from a couple of years ago where Joe Burrows was the quarterback. Jamar yeah. Chase is one of the wide receivers. Um, they've got, um, like, an offensive guard on this team from that LSU squad. Like, they've been to, like, these big games before so recently, and they've won them that they feel like they're just going to do it again. Um I feel like all the pressure is on LA. They like they've got a win at home. Um, the whole stadium should be kind of for them. They're the the team with the better record, with the the better wins. The only teams that they've lost to this year have been good football teams. You know, no Jets yeah. loss on their schedule. Um, I just don't see them winning. I just it's it's all set up for them to win, which is exactly why I'm taking the Bengals because. This happened last year. Everybody, everybody took the Chiefs. I was sure it was going to be a blowout. I sh- I was 100% sure it was going to be a blowout. And I was dead wrong, my friend. So I'm I'm pretty sure the Rams are going to win this one, and it's going to be pretty handedly. So I've got to go, I've got to go the opposite. That's so how I'm feeling. The, Matt's listening to me this year. He's he's realized that he's going to take the, the call that I'm going to go with. Although if I remember correctly last year, Matt, I was super torn up and then you made a joke about Brady not being amazing, and I was like, I'm going with Brady. Brady's winning the championship. But 
Honestly, dude, I'm just I'm looking forward to it. I think it's gonna be fun. I don't think I'm gonna get to watch because I got a ski race this weekend, so I'm gonna be up in the mountains living my best life. But hey, man, Super Bowl Sunday—it's always an exciting time in America. Yeah, man, it's absolutely so fun to watch. It's a great game, great day to get into. Um, it's gonna be great football. Hopefully, it's a competitive game. Hopefully, the Simpsons, you know, showed us the future. If you if you saw that, you know, put some money down on the 34-31 Bengals over LA score because that's what the Simpsons predicted. We live in a simulation, as Kevin says. So. That's true. I mean, hey, they've been right about Tom Hanks too. So I mean, wild. You know, everything is, is getting off yeah, topic. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Anything else about this NFL setup, or are we just gonna have to return next week to see how it all unravels? Yeah, man, we're gonna have to return next week to see how it all unravels. I'm really excited. Um, honestly, if I'm gonna be picking. Uh, Super Bowl MVPs easy to go with the quarterbacks on each team so I'm going to give you two players who I think are kind of under the radar here uh, well not under the radar because you go Aaron Donald but I'm actually going to go Odell Beckham Jr I think this yeah. guy's going to throw a touchdown pass in this game I think they're going to use him on some gadget plays out of the backfield I think he's going to have a monstrous game so he's my sneaky dark horse MVP Super Bowl candidate for the Rams though I feel like Stafford's probably going to get it if he has a good game because his stats are kind of tied to Stafford's as well. That's how, um, that's how it works. Yeah, right? And then for uh, the Bengals, I think it's going to be Jamar Chase. Um, he's so dynamic. He's so good. that I think that if he has that type of game where they see Burroughs, like, he'll have more shots at it, they'll just give it to this kid because this kid's had an unbelievable rookie season. The fact that he didn't even play competitive organized football last year is wild. Man, the, the guy's set up to have, like, a beast mode moment in oh, yeah. the Super Bowl. Like, it's it's kind of crazy to think about. Absolutely, my friend. Uh, but, yeah, we're, we're good to go on. Um, can skip over the NFL, wait to see what happens next week. Well, then we have to talk about hockey because Matt knows that I'm excited this week because while Montreal has been floundering, they may have just made a decision that will, I mean, hopefully see some positivity I want to see it. I want it to be amazing. Marty St. Louis is my favorite player in the NHL in history. And for him to take over for for this team, oh, I want to see it, Matt. I think it's kind of funny that, like, almost a decade ago when we met um, and we talked hockey and sports, you specifically talked about that 04 Vincent LeCavalier on the cover lightning game. Uh, oh, EA NHL Sports and how Martin St. Louis is your favorite guy. Both of us being shorter males on the earth i guess average but on the shorter average whatever you know um, short kings rise up man short exactly up. <laughs> uh 5'8 let's go uh, i think i'm 5'9 but <laughs> whatever <laughs> yeah i could join the club right 5'7 <laughs> five, five, over here we're short we're under six feet that's just how it works they were joking about marty's height at the press conference today and i think uh they said 5'8 and ken hughes says 5'9 he's like sold i'll take it <laughs> i'll take it i love it man. I love but it. i think it's great that you know 10 years later this guy's the coach of the Montreal Canadiens, he said that he's been planning this opportunity for 10 years. So kind of wild. Um, And I loved what he was saying in the press conference, talking about how, you know, you can run certain systems and yes, systems are important, but they also take away from the creativity of the players and the best players in the game make the best reads, not because they play within a system, but because they are allowed to play the game a little bit more open and freely. And so he's going to try and implement that with our skilled players, which I'm really excited about. I'm excited about 
the fact that he was never handed anything. Like, this guy's an undrafted Hall of Fame player with over a thousand career games and a thousand career points. Like, nothing was handed to this man. Yeah. He worked so hard. He started on the fourth line and has played, you know, at an all star MVP level in the NHL. Yeah. So I think he can get that out of this roster. Um, the I think the cherry and the best part for me of this whole thing was they didn't go with a conventional candidate. They're an unconventional market. They put unconventional restrictions on who they're allowed to hire. And yet, every time they go to make a hire, they do conventional things. They hire from the, the regular convention and the regular pool of guys, but just a smaller pool because they have to speak French. I like that they went out. They got a guy who's coaching peewee hockey. You know, yeah. he's coaching his kids in Connecticut. It's amazing whatever he knows hockey he's been in nhl locker rooms he's been on nhl ice he's gonna have so much respect from these guys they all know who he is cole caulfield i think you just got your perfect mentor like yeah. it's i don't yeah. know man i could not be more excited about it i think the fact that they went completely off script the fact that they fired the coach even though they said they were going to keep him to the end of the year great 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 decisions i'm pumped i mean hey i mean when you're losing when you're losing some games in the way that the team was, like I don't even want to look. Like I know that there's been five twos, there's been seven games. Like you've had goals going in the back of the net, like nobody's business, dude. Okay, so they've lost five straight games. Um, I think actually they've lost more than that, but the last five here: <laughs> eight two to the Wild, seven two to the Oilers, six three to the Jackets, seven one to the Devils, and five four to the Ducks. So that's a close one. You can't get beat by five goals in three out of five losses. Like, that's – you have a junior hockey team. You don't even have an AHL team. Like you guys are so bad. Like, at least AHL would put up a fight. It's brutal, man. And it's and it's not fair to your goalkeepers to be doing this as well. These poor kids. Because, because the, thing, the thing is, when you think about the pillar of, of you know, Montreal goalkeeping and, and what these kids have had to come in and do right now, and there are schemes that can be run. There are ways that you can talk to your players on the ice – to help them from having your goalies be blasted in the ways that you have been. And I know nothing about hockey, really. And this is me saying it. So, like, it, uh, something needed to happen, obviously, and here we are. It, it's, yeah, it's just disgusting. The fact that they even let Caden Primo, who's supposed to be, like, the future of our goaltending, sit in there for seven shots, or for seven goals against, it's just... Uh, it's painful, man. Did I tell you about the Quinnipiac kid last week? I'm pretty sure yeah, I brought yes. him up yeah, yeah. on the brought, podcast. I know you were tweeting, it. I know you were tweeting I'm about it. Bring him well. up again, man. <laughs> Montreal should sign this guy. I don't know why. He's 21 years old. He's from Quebec. He's had 10 shutouts in 19 games. He's got like a .75 goals against average, a 960 save percentage. Let's just go get this guy, put him in the AHL. Maybe he's our future. Caden Primo, Michael McNivens, we can screw them up. Let's go with this guy. Anything is possible. Matt just wants to see his team... Back to the, not horrible. The promised lands of of hoping that yeah you're gonna get a good draft pick, but also look you have this that or the other thing that is shiny and still good even though that you are just being dragged dragged through the mud sometimes. Dude, I'm pretty sure it was just July when Montreal was in the Stanley Cup final, and I had never seen that in my life. And I was thinking to myself, dang, this is a good good team. No, oh, man. I that, fo that photo that Marissa took of you when, when you guys won the Western Conference Cup, <laughs> bro, 
exact yeah. opposite of how I'm feeling exact now. Exact opposite of how I'm feeling now. It's like the, one of the happiest I've ever seen this man's in here. He's like, oh, my team, painful pain. <laughs> Anyways, uh, man. I mean, besides the NHL just having some some crazy stuff going on, I mean, Edmonton Oilers are, are floundering. Connor McDavid's in a slump. Um, the NHL's just in a weird place. The Leafs are going to win the cup, man. I mean, if the Leafs win the cup, like, we're... Where are we in this world? I mean, it's a simulation, right? Somebody paid for it. Somebody <laughs> understands how to talk to those people up there, right? Anyways, if that's it for hockey, let's get into basketball, my friend, because it was a crazy week. After, what, months of us thinking nothing was going to happen, after no trades were showing up, here we are, NBA trade deadline day. I, I mean, there's like seven or eight trades that we're going to have to get into, so, Matt... Do we start with the obvious, the big boy, the one that was supposed to happen last year but finally happened, the one that Matt was tired of talking about? Yeah. I think that's exactly where we have to start because everybody in the NBA is talking about that specific trade. That is, I mean, two of the biggest superstars in the sport today being traded for one another. I don't know who won this trade. I'm still a little confused because to me, over the next 10 years, maybe right now, James Harden is a better player to win a championship with. But I've got more time and more room to win with Simmons. And to and with I've got shooters like I do in Curry and Harris and Durant and Irving around that guy. Like I'm not too worried about his deficiency at this point. And, Harden and this was go ahead. Oh, oh, I was just going to say Harden on the other hand his deficiency isn't necessarily his game, even though it kind of has gone a little bit sour since they've been a little bit tighter on the foul calls. Though they've started to give it to him again a little bit too much. I'm not liking it. Um, he, his problem, is that he doesn't commit and doesn't have the work ethic to win at that level. Like, if you're worth $47.3 million, which is the contract that he opted into after the trade, like, yeah. you should be able to get a team to the NBA Finals by yourself basically yeah you should be lebron james you're not so i'm not a fan of harden i would prefer simmons and you have first round picks not that they're worth anything in the nba it's a crazy crazy trade right it's a blockbuster blockbuster it's the nets are how do i put this the sixers are paying less than they were planning on paying a year ago because the trade was like simmons and a bunch of picks was like four picks yeah right to get hardened so i guess they're paying less but losing seth curry is gonna hurt this team i really believe that it's a big big deal for the nets to get someone like curry because like you know joe harris where we still don't know where joe harris is you know he was supposed to be that shooter now you have seth curry actually amazing fantastic three-point shooter absolutely but i just i i look at this trade and it's, it's hard like i was talking to austin because he was trying to get his opinions of like oh the nets were going to be so good like what happened then i was like well this is kind of a retooling for them they're not focused on winning this year anymore it's not a be all end all this season because in a year from now Kyrie might get to play because we're not going to be worrying about his status, Vaccine blah, status blah, blah, yeah. right kd will be hopefully healthy simmons will be over his mental block that he is going through and playing basketball again and they will be a ridiculous threat but for right now philadelphia gets better 
and the Nets get better because obviously there's a an all-star player who wasn't playing basketball who now is going to start playing basketball. But it's hard to say who's going to win today, Matt. It's hard. Yeah, I just I don't know, man. And for me, this is the ultimate win now move for Philadelphia, right? They're trying to win immediately. The only thing that I would have to say about that is is up until really recently, the Kawhi Leonard trade and the Anthony Davis trade, getting a superstar in year one almost never leads to a championship in year one. True. Can they win it this year is my question to you. And if you don't think they can win, who do you think stops them in the Eastern Conference? You're talking about the 76ers specifically. Yes. Well, that's the interesting part because, like, I was trying to do the matchup for the Bucks, right? Because I think the Bucks are still my favorite in the East. Like, Giannis proved that if he has good, talented players around him that know their roles, they can get through. And when I when I match up Philadelphia, right? Giannis and Embiid, they're both gonna win games, obviously. Good cancel out almost. Exactly. Tobias and Chris, they're basically the same type of player, and how we joke about them. Very right? similar. And then you have James Harden versus uh, Holiday, and you th- and you think right. Obviously, James Harden is the greater talent, bigger name, but Drew, the bigger name. But Drew Holiday is the most underrated defensive talent in the league. And if he can take James Harden out of games, what are we talking about? Yeah. Right? Because when you look at Bobby Portis, when you look at the system in in Milwaukee, and you compare that to, I'm sorry, Tyrese. Danny Green, Matisse Thibault. I just don't see it at that point. So I see the Bucks going through. But again, anything can happen in the East. The Toronto could show up because we have the length to beat any team, right? But when you think about the top teams right now, the East has just kind of reshuffled itself, in my opinion. It's still the same. Yeah. Um, I would also say that the Heat probably have a decent shot of taking them out as well. That's um, a good call. Bam can match up with Embiid. Uh, Jimmy can match up with uh, Harden and lock him up. Um, and then they've got the scores to kind of offset what Tobias can do on on that end. Easily. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I don't think this guarantees the 76ers, you know, a place in the, in the finals. I think it gives them a great shot. It definitely improves yeah. their chances um, than when they had just Simmons. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think that it was a lot to give up. For a guy who's pretty disgruntled and a guy who, you know, let's say it doesn't go well this year, and let's say next year doesn't start off well either. Is he gonna wanna trade again? Like what? We I was joking with Matt about how it's crazy to think that both Westbrook and Harden have been on multiple teams asking out trades. But I have to bring up Matt, you know, you're talking about Miami. I want to talk about the Bulls because while the Bulls are kind of the underdog, they to me are the 2019 Raptors style team where they have huge scoring talent, huge potential, good defensive upside, and enough players that they could stop a Giannis. They could stop an Embiid, right? So I have to give them their shout out as a team that could be sneaky and doesn't have the same name power, firepower, proven talent that Miami and the Bucks do. But I still have to, I can't forget about them, right? The Bulls, they're dealing with injuries right now, but they're still relevant. I like your comparison, and you're right. They are. And DeMar, for all the credit that I'm going to give him for playing at an MVP level this season and and what he's showing, 
I've seen him in the playoffs shrink on multiple occasions, and I love Demar. But oh, yes. I remember watching a playoff game when he turned the corner and saw LeBron just standing in the post and didn't even attempt to drive downhill at him, which is not Demar. That is not Demar's yeah. game. Demar is not yeah. scared of anybody. Demar hits shots, dunks on guys. It doesn't matter where you are on the court. Um, so that's my biggest thing about Chicago is that they don't have that Kawhi player to take them like the Raptors did um, because the Raptors were perfectly built. They just needed that extra player. Like yeah. the DeMar for Kawhi swap was literally trading a top 15 player at the time for a top five player at the time. And it yeah. was the right call. So, I so, mean, we'll see. Yeah. To, to, to bring this full circle into the next trade, because we didn't mention it, is the fact that Serge Ibaka is now playing for the Bucks and adds a little bit more versatility to that team in the big rotation. Is it a major factor? No. Would I be pumped for Serge to get another ring? Absolutely. I love Mima Fuzi Chef. But this four-teamer trade map between the Kings, Pistons, Bucks, and Clippers? Kind of insane, in my opinion, honestly. Absolutely wild. I... Like... Go ahead. I, I just don't see like how it helps all of them um i don't even know if the bucks like really needed a baka but i'm i guess the signals that lopez isn't coming back i thought divincenzo was a missing piece on their championship run last year like i thought they struggled with some of their guard play because they were missing him so i was really surprised to see him get traded in this um i don't know if it makes them better but i mean you got Giannis, so I mean, that's the situation. The future seconds are, are weird to me. The cash considerations is probably just to get under, you know, some, some the cash whatever. or whatever. The, the thing about this trade that is the most important thing to bring up is the fact that Marvin Bagley finally gets out of being a king. He goes to the Pistons. He gets to play with Cade Cunningham. Honestly, a W for the Pistons to show up in here. I don't know exactly what they gave up, whether that was um, Sandy Ogilvy in a recent trade that they got him from. But either way, it might be one of those seconds. I'm excited for him. The one guy in that draft that has been absolutely ripped apart when all the other guys are being, you know, built up around him. So maybe this could be the future that Marvin Bagley needs. Man, that po- that poor guy. Poor I'm guy. glad. Poor I'm guy. glad to see him get out. Do you know when it comes to defensive stats, he's actually one of the best defensive stoppers in the NBA. Um, so yes, I'd so. like I'd like to see him get some some more run out there in in Detroit. Um, a little bit more free, open. You know they're not going to really care if they're they're doing bad. There, that's the point. Um, so it, it's really nice for him to get out of there. He's um, going to get minutes. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, like the rest of the trade is kind of like whatever. The Kings are just so, such a weird <laughs> franchise, man. I guess we could just go into the trade that we thought was going to be the biggest trade of the day or the week. That's a bonus you, trade. That's a bonus. These Kings. I can't wait to write about the Kings again in, in my offseason article because this franchise, like, what? Okay, so. Obviously, Sabonis is the best player in this trade. Hundred percent. Yeah. And he, you know, led them to a W over the T Wolves in his his home in his opening game. Cool. But Tyrese Halliburton had the potential to be something for a team. And I mentioned forever ago when was Buddy Heald gonna get moved, right? And instead, they gave up on uh, Bogdanovich, and they kept healed, and then they got Tyrese, and now they don't have any young talent, I guess, and they're trying to be middling and stay relevant. So it's a tough, tough trade for me to look at. It's really interesting to see 
what the Pacers are going to do with Tyrese, with Buddy, with Miles Turner. Like they're the they're still the same team, man. Nothing changes, and we needed them to fire sale. But hey, you know what? A one dollar ticket to go see Tyrese Halliburton pay pick and roll with Miles Turner sounds pretty cool to me, man. I'd do it. Uh, honestly, it's a great price. The fact that the Kings just gave up Halliburton, who's not even twenty two years old, for Sabonis, like it just doesn't make sense to me. You guys aren't. A win now franchise Sabonis clearly can't get the Pacers over the hump and even into the playoffs with a pretty good roster like not gonna lie I like Malcolm Brogdon I like Karis LeVert I like Turner they've got some pieces and they can't do anything with him no. and now you're gonna do you just gonna trade for him why it's, because it's, because you want a big name like you guys are 12th in the Western Conference. You guys aren't going to make the play-in. You guys are just wasting draft picks, wasting oh, – just... Do you see the CBS broadcast showing the Kings fans welcoming him, welcoming Sabonis to hell? Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Like, oh, man. They, their own fans the, know it. The Kings need to figure something out, and the Pacers just kind of got pulled into something weird and funky here. I, I want to move forward because you mentioned Levert, but – He's going to be playing in Cleveland now. Finally, Cleveland finally gets Karis LeVert. It's been a conversation for Ricky Rubio, which I think is a pretty decent trade at the end of the day. You know, the the Pacers are getting um, a 2020 first round pick in two seconds, and the Cavs are getting a second round pick back for, you know, with Karis LeVert. And, you know, the Pacers, I guess, have decided that they are not being relevant anymore I think with these trades I think that's what they decided they're full on rebuilding but still having good players while rebuilding but didn't want to trade Turner because I, I, <laughs> like I man they're they needed to decide something but this was a great pickup for Cleveland I think yes because he's a major upgrade over Rubio him and Garland are going to be great together and oh, now yeah. they kind of have I guess they didn't unload Sexton today, but they do have some options now when it comes to Sexton and his future in the summer. They've got options. Um, I think it was a great trade for Cleveland. It makes them scary. It probably solidifies them as the top four seed in the Western Con- or in the Eastern Conference. Man, it's going to be a banger offseason probably. Just going to throw that out there real quick. But yeah, Cleveland, good for you as a team. You've really surprised everyone this year, and I'm excited for Cleveland and the Raptors and Hornets and Hawk, you know what I mean? Like, there are some really good young Eastern Conference teams that are on the rise, and apparently Cleveland is already here and ready to go. But also, Matt's comment from a couple weeks ago about how Toronto, if they weren't dealing with injuries, this, that, or the other thing, are probably at the same level as Cleveland. So, exciting for them to add another player. I'm going to raise it, and I'm going to say that we would be higher than Cleveland because we are 30-23, and 23, they are 34-21, and 21, and we have dealt with integration issues injury issues like it's just border issues like it's just been a mess up here um but hey we chugging along we did north true. okay so do we talk about another franchise that we have for a part in portland and the weird absolutely weird trades that we witnessed over the last couple of days you know our boy powell finally gets a sick contract finally gets paid we thought he was gonna get to go hang out with the Bach and the clippers nope but he's going there Bledsoe finally gets moved on. They moved CJ for Josh Hart to the Pelicans. Like, 
it's now Dame and young talent, and they're gonna retool this offseason. Matt, what is going on in Portland right now? I don't get it at all. It doesn't make sense. They turned exactly. Gary Trent Jr., who we just you know talked about at the beginning of this, how fantastic and amazing. 23 years old, what a flamethrower he is, what a scorer for Norm Powell, and then turned Norm Powell into a bunch of spare parts. So basically they turned Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood into a bunch of spare parts. And the best part of that spare parts is Eric Bledsoe. Yeah? (laughs) Oh, man. Gary Trent Jr. is already so much better than Eric Bledsoe ever was. It's ridiculous. I have no idea what the Portland Trailblazers are doing. The fact that they didn't get rid of Damian Lillard today, I have no idea if he's okay with that. Um, they have to do something, man. That is a like it's a tank job. What are they gonna go like next five first overall picks? Like hopefully. What do you, what do you mean? They traded two first round picks for Robert Covington last year, and they got a second back for it. What are you talking about, man? I this forgot. Team has nothing, right? And this, this C.J. McCollum trade as well, like, if we can keep rolling because I, I want to keep rolling. Yeah, yeah. Like, cool, you get a 2022 first-round pick. And Josh Hart. And you get Josh Hart, and you get a couple of seconds that, you know, are some high school kids right now. Like, the Blazers, like, you are losing Damian Lillard this offseason. He is requesting a trade. He is ripping out because you're not going to win games anymore. I'm sorry. Josh Hart is not good enough. I like Nikhil Alexander-Walker, but didn't they just trade him for somebody else? Do I have to roll, scroll through the wheel? Because I'm pretty sure Nod is gone as well. Like, Do I have to stop beating them? Are they the dead horse at this point? Yeah, they're the dead horse, man. They're such a poorly run franchise. How they locked into Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum and messed that up. With LaMarcus Aldridge, too, in the mix at that at certain points. That It's just brutal, man. Um, CJ McCollum, though, going to Portland or to New Orleans is actually really, really nice for them. I think New Orleans, if they could actually get Zion back, have a pretty formidable team. Uh, Brandon Ingram is legitimately a a star player in this league. Um, Actually, like a top 30, 40 player in this league. Easy. Um, The way he scores the ball is, is just beautiful to see. And Zion, if healthy, is a top 10 player, man. Absolutely. No, uh, he's scary, man. The fact that last year he was dunking more than Prime Shaq, that's just scary. He, he's Shaq, dude. He's, he is he's Shaq. a short Shaq. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's kind of crazy to see. You know, the Pelicans, I think they've retooled relatively nicely. You know, I think they did a, a, a decent job considering the state of where they were, how they've been doing so far this season. And we don't even know if Zion is coming back. Can I just interject something to kind of make you rethink that statement just a little bit? Oh, oh no. Just think about the fact that they did, at one point, have Zion, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Andrew Holiday all on the same roster. I mean, so if you think yeah. about that roster to yeah. this roster, like, it's okay? It's not great. Look, they could have done some better about- things. We're thinking about their decisions today. We're not thinking about their decisions in the past few little while, but yeah, okay. I mean, hey, they're not they're not on a winning team right now, Matt, so I can't exactly be happy with them. You for sure cannot be happy with them. Dude, if they make the playoffs and prove my prediction right, 
I'm never <laughs> letting you live it down. <laughs> yeah, yo, dude, you will be so ecstatic, and I will be here just like, how? John Travolta over here, like, what's going on? Like, <laughs> absolutely. So, but let's let's keep it rolling here, Matt, because I think there's two more big trades to talk about that aren't written down here, because Tice for Schroeder, whatever. Apparently, Tice is going back to the South, like, some of the Schroeder. They get something out of Schroeder. Richardson for White, Kobe White, White leaves. We'll talk they about They gave him a lot for that, though, eh? The, the Spurs got good haul for White, for Derek White. I mean, he's he's a good player. He is, but they he's a little bit older. He's probably yeah. already peaked. Yeah, but you know? I want to talk about either Porzingis or Montrez Harrell because those are the two that I don't have written down because they have been like absolutely last second. Where do you want to go, Matt? I want to kind of talk about Montrez Harrell, man, because this guy is having like another six man of the year kind of season in Washington, and they just gave him away. Like, why? And, and they gave him away to a team that absolutely needs him. If I mentioned anything at the beginning of the season about the Hornets is that they were going to have center problems, they were going to have to figure that out, and they might flounder because of it. They may not be holding up to their standard. Montrez brings you back, and it's super, super exciting to see what they can do. But another Eastern Conference team that can fight for sixth seed? I mean, I'm down for it, Matt. I'd like to have good competition for the Raps, but kind of hurts a little inside. Hey, man, the Charlotte Hornets needed it. They have been floundering 2 of 8 in their last 10, lost 6 straight games. Um, Absolutely. They definitely need some help, and he's definitely going to be a big part of that. Uh, again, I just don't see, like, why they would give him away, especially to a team that they're kind of chasing. Like, Washington Wizards themselves have been in a losing streak 2 of 8 in their last 10 as well. But they're 24 and 29, Charlotte 28-28, like, you're still relatively yeah. close to them. Why give up well, one of your better players? With Beal with Beal going into season-ending surgery, with Fair. them kind of accepting that it's over, I do really like Vernon Carey Jr. He is he's super raw. He needs a lot of work, but he's a good, serviceable big that I think could be giving you backup minutes in the future. And Montrez is a, is a cool player to have for this team, right? So I think that the Hornets come out of it successful, obviously. And I think the Wizards have retooled and they've got a lot of young things because, Matt, they also traded Dinwiddie away. But they got Christos Porzingis? What? I, this trade came out of left field at the absolute last second. I thought maybe that Porzingis was going to be a part of the trade for Goran Dragic, which we have to talk about after this. But, man, the Wizards have Porzingis, dude. What a weird, weird situation. I just... He's fallen so far from the unicorn Nick days. It's absolutely astounding to me. The fact that Dallas was just willing to get rid of him like that. They didn't get a great haul for him comparatively to what they gave oh, up no. to get him. Exactly. Knicks fans, man, you guys are looking smart after <laughs> trading him, right? Like they were so sad, so upset about it and looking like a good I mean play. It's been a roller coaster of emotions since draft night for him to them. But, you know, I do really like Davis Bertans with Luca. I think that he will be really good. I think they'll work well together. And, I mean, Dinwiddie can shoot the ball and will maybe allow Luca to not have to hold the ball. But, I mean, hey, we're going to see. Do you know what kind of player Dinwiddie is kind of comparable to? He's kind of like a Seth Curry. A little bit, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they traded yeah, Seth yeah. Curry away, so they had to go get oh, another one. Smart. Smart. Still sorry. the worst. Anyway, no, worst decision, man. They should have never traded Seth Curry. You know I'm on board with that. Yeah, hundred percent, man. That's you know teams make poor decisions, and that's how you get to where you are. 
I can't believe the Nets have lost nine straight games. I'm hoping this trade shakes them up. Apparently, Kevin Durant and Simmons are are talking and happy about it. Maybe Simmons isn't so upset with vaccine status, Kyrie Irving. Yo, Harden apparently was, like, super against Kyrie's stance. And so, like, I can understand why he would want out. Simmons is vaccinated. He did get vaccinated. So, hey, maybe uh, maybe him, him and Kyrie won't get along. But that's not the conversation that matters, right? The conversation that matters is that the Raps are on a seven-game win streak, Matt. That's the only thing that matters right now. We made a weird trade, which I'm going to start with. You know, we got rid of Drogic. He finally left. We get Thad Young. I thought Drew Eubanks was going to be a part of it, but apparently we just waived him. And we moved back, like, ten picks in this year's draft with how it looks like it's going to shake out. Is this a W? No. It's not a W, but it's not an L. It's definitely not an L. We might have, you know, instead of six and a half serviceable bench pieces, we might have seven and a half now. Who knows? <laughs> Look, man, the only thing that I classified as an L for is that we couldn't get anything for Drogic, basically. Yeah, because exactly. basically we gave up a first-round pick for Thaddeus Young, if you really think about it, and we threw in, Dr- in Drogic. So we had this trade chip. We had this pretty high level player man like he proved it a couple years ago in the bubble that he can still play at a high level only two years removed and we just gave him away for nothing um which is kind of sad the fact that he was a part of the kyle lowry trade like sad uh but i i would not be shocked if this was the best offer that they got for him though because of the situation because of the fact that everybody knew that he wanted out the fact that everybody knew he was in miami working out not even in canada like it just had to happen and at the end of the day, do we even need him? <laughs> I mean, we haven't needed him, and I think Thad Young will be a decent mentor-like player to Scotty. You know, he's another one of those guys at that size. And you know, the the funniest thing that I there was an OG was in an interview the other night and was asked what what his favorite thing about Texas was, and he's like, <laughs> I, I don't know, right? What do you kind like? Of, <laughs> yeah, what do you what do you like? Kind of hilarious. So, Goran, you wanted to go play for the Mavericks. We got you pretty close. What do you like about Texas? It's San Antonio. It's not Dallas, but hey, we, we did pretty good here. You know, we tried. Hey, man, they might even buy him out too, and he might go to the, the Mavs anyways. So right, the buyout we, market's there. I'm glad we didn't buy him out. I'm glad we got something, even if it is a 10 minutes off the bench player who probably just too much of what we already have. It's too much of what we already have. Man. Our starting five plus a bunch of centers and power forwards, that's our bench. Like, we have no guards. I mean, Delano and, and Svee don't get to play. And, and hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Banton's had 10 minutes a game in the past five games, so he's been slowly getting minutes, so don't talk about it. I mean, we've been winning, so, you know, it helps. When we're, when we're actually... up in the fourth quarter. <laughs> <laughs> No, but that's when Utah comes in for a couple minutes and gets the points in. I'm still sad that he's been absolutely faulting as a player for us. But, Matt, let's let's talk about this Raptors team because we're on a seven-game win streak. Freddie's an all-star. He's going to the three-point contest. Siakam should be an all-star. <laughs> absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. Siakam snub. It's not even funny. You know, if it wasn't for that injury at the beginning of the season... Scotty's going to the skills contest at least. You know, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm sad for Siakam. Dude, you know what kind of Siakam fan I am. I like the guy. I am not a huge Siakam supporter. I don't think that we should have paid him what we paid him and everything. The guy's proven me wrong. The guy's absolutely proven me wrong this year. 
Um, Pascal Siakam's all-star season in 2019-2020, he averaged 23.7, 3, 3.3 rebounds, 3.5 assists, 1 steal, 1 block on 45% shooting. This year, the guy's averaging 21.5 points, 8.5 rebounds, 5 assists, 1.3 steals per game, almost a block a game, and 48% shooting. The guy is going to be the fifth player since 1997 to average 20-plus points, 8.5 rebounds, and 5-plus assists and miss the All-Star game. And they put LaMelo Ball in ahead of him. <sighs> LaMelo, you got years to get into All-Star games. You're the fourth yeah. youngest All-Star of all time. Yeah, didn't deserve it. Didn't earn it. Ka- er, like, let's, Pascal Siakam. Let's also not forget about the fact that it's LaMelo's team that he runs. And while this is Pascal's team, it's not fully Pascal's team. And there was a point, we were having conversations a while ago, when we were at the peak, you know, maybe we do need to trade Pascal, where he turned a corner when everybody came back healthy and we had this starting five start to kind of begin this emergence together where he looked around him and was like, I can get a couple extra assists a game. I can focus more on rebounding. I can have these huge 30-point games. But when Gary's knocking shots down, that's a free assist for your boy over here. And and it's beautiful to watch that you know evolution in, in not just his game, but in his, his leadership, his ability to be the guy for a team. Absolutely, man. I think when Kawhi came in as the hired gun, and we really didn't ask Kawhi to do all that much outside of scoring. Really, really was just get the ball, knock the knock it in. And so Siakam saw that, and that's kind of the role that I think he just took and ran with. I'm going to replace Kawhi. I'm going to be that guy. But even though they're not the same and they're not yeah. at that skill level, and so he was always forcing last two years man since the bubble we've been saying it he's been forcing shots he's i've been saying that he doesn't make the extra pass that he's selfish with the ball that he yeah. forces layups instead of kicking out to the open three-point shooter on a consistent basis and honestly over the last seven games i see this man you know going for a layup realizing that it's going to be a tough contested layup and then doing a little dump off doing a little kick out and he's making those plays you're right the evolution in the way that he playing is just absolutely amazing to watch it's been beautiful basketball it's team basketball it's exactly what i want to see i'm so pumped to have him i think he might be a top five player in the eastern conference right now today (laughs) it's a crazy thought especially with all of the the juggling that's been going on but if he can keep up this level of play you know he's taking one after freddie because we've seen freddie learn from kyle and start to have that type of, of play style and evolution. And there's a reason he's an all-star. And still a crazy story, man. I still can't believe that bet on yourself, Freddie, through the story that he's been through, is an all-star. Fourth ever. Undrafted. <laughs> the fact... I don't know if you ever watched Fred Van Bleet's uh, draft night video. Oh, yes. That speech uh, where he tells the teams not to draft him because he's worried about... he's You know, it's a business. It's not about getting paid $15,000 to play in the G League. It's about getting paid big money to play in the NBA. And yes, that guy bet on himself, and he did it, man. The craziest thing to me to think about, though, is that Gary Trent Jr. is basically the same age that Freddie was when he came to us. When he came to us. And we, we've got, like, five years to watch Gary Trent Jr. get to where Freddie potentially is now. Man. Come on. Come um, on. It's... It's really beautiful. Norm Powell, it's... a second round pick. <laughs> Grievous <laughs> Vasquez, half of the Grievous Vasquez trade. <laughs> I still, I will forever hold 
that trade on a pedestal. You know, the Kyle Lowry situation, that trade, trading for Kawhi, like there are some of these moments that show you the type of IQ, the type of direction, the type of organization that we're dealing with with the Toronto Raptors. And it's so fun to sit here with this this young team, to have Scotty, to have Gary, to have OG, to have all of these kids together playing good basketball and capable of playing all these minutes. And our problem is that we don't have a bench mob anymore because the bench mob's all grown up, man. It's all yeah, grown up. All starters. We, we we made the the splinter memes about Kyle Lowry, you know, a year ago. But all these kids finally growing up and taking care of him, like it's so good. Absolutely, it's unreal to watch. I can't believe this is the most excited I've been about the, the Toronto Raptors since they won the championship. I was For telling sure. you at the beginning of the year that this team, I could see it, and we did because we didn't even have Pascal Siakam when we were winning games and we were playing great as a team. I think Scotty's only going to get better and going to grow more. OG Ananobi is, I think, the league's best defender on the perimeter. I don't think that there's another lockdown wing in the NBA better than OG Ananobi. Um, if you guys don't watch Raptors games, please turn it on because you'll you'll see some great defending. Um, it's, and then it's worth it. Fred VanVleet proved that he's an All Star and he should win All Defensive Second Team at minimum. Him and Gary Trent Jr. should be on all defensive teams this year with OG. Like, that's how good our team should be. I'm excited, man. If our bench unit was at all serviceable, we'd be first place in the East. I mean, it's kind of crazy when, you know, we have games where our bench puts up 13 points, 20 points. Like, we, we that Hornets game, dude, 13 points from the bench. And we, we had, won. And we won. 20 points from OG, 20 points from Fred, 24 points from, from Trent and Pascal. It's got to like... But we can do it, and that's all because they've worked together and they figured out the rotations and they're playing a free-flowing style of basketball that teams like Golden State let thrive. While we don't have the three-point shooting, we are working the ball, and these young kids are ready and they're locked in, and it's so fun. Look, man, um, that comparison to Golden State was a great one. That freestyle basketball—they didn't, you know, nobody was comparing Steph Curry to an all-time great before he broke out. So, I mean, not to say that Gary Trent Jr. has that potential or doesn't, but it's possible, man. It is it is super possible for us. I'm, I'm ecstatic. I can't believe when, that we're this good. When I think about, like, you know, the top five or ten, like, young kids that are, like, true superstars, I don't think Gary is too far below John Morant, for example. Like, yes, John Morant is, like, the peak pinnacle, but if you think about, like, the bottom of the barrel of, like, the best 25 young kids i think gary is closer to jaw than he is to that 25 Ah, uh, yeah no I, I would agree man um i mean it's hard to compare anybody to john Moran except for derrick rose because like they're the exact same player um Please. but absolutely gary trent jr is right there and i i also want to go back to your stat about the four guys scoring 20 points in a game that's the fourth time it's happened this year we're not even um you know three quarters of the way through the season here do you know what the uh, previous team high was for having four players scoring 20 points in a single season was for the Toronto Raptors before this year? Like two? Not even? Nailed it. Yeah, let's Two. Go. <laughs> exactly. We already have doubled it, and we've got more games. That just goes to show you the talent and depth that we have on this roster. And the fact that we had that 2019 championship roster, which we both discussed, 
the depth of talent on that roster is ridiculous. One through five, we have not had a better starting five in my entire life. No. Even with the Kawhi team, it's our bench unit that really worries me. I'm not a huge Achua guy right now. I'm not a huge Boucher fan. I don't know how Thaddeus is going to work. Delano's only getting 10 minutes, like you said, and can be out of control at some times. V isn't getting minutes. Utah's not getting minutes. It's just like, I'm worried that when we get to the playoffs, they're just going to have no gas. It's so true. But hey, that's why it's not a, a championship year. You know, it's this was supposed to be a rebuilding year for the Raptors. Let's not forget that. But hey, it's been beautiful to see. Let's look ahead a little bit here, Matt, because we got four games upcoming this week against teams that are all serviceable against games that we could all win extend this seven game streak got the rockets tonight nuggets on saturday pelicans on monday t wolves on wednesday should be a fun week before you know all-star events get going should be minimum three one man i'm looking at that week and i'm thinking to myself we got this uh but you know (laughs) i can definitely be wrong so i think i think the nuggets game is the one that we got to worry about but hey man those pelicans they're tough I mean, you you never know what some additions can add to your roster. And Matt over here trying to bring the Pelicans back up. Hope for this grave that they've been building for themselves. But hey, you know, I'm excited. Matt's excited. Basketball's in a beautiful place. Like, Absolutely. It's cool to have all of these trades. It's cool to have an exciting day like today. Because while the NBA dynamic hasn't really changed a ton, you know, because a lot of these teams are really still the same and... That, like while we had a massive blockbuster those two teams are still basically the same with what they do at the end of the day it was cool to actually have some exciting basketball trades and things because man it was dry all season long up until this point yeah it's definitely been dry and i just want to just to mention about my pelicans they are in 10th place right now in the western conference technically in the play-in so oh. uh who knows, buddy? Bro, they've been mm-hmm. doing good for you, man. They've been Dude, doing they're good. on a they four-game like winner. Oh, my God. Yeah, so are the Jazz, apparently, who, I mean, we didn't mention it, but they traded away Joe Ingles, and it's like super, super, super sad, man. And they also dummy Golden State last night. That's true. They did dummy Golden State. Dummy Golden crazy, State. Crazy to think about. All right, man, anything else that you got hidden on your books that you forgot to mention, or shall it be takes time? The one thing that I did want to mention, because we did talk about Giannis earlier, and I did want to bring up the fact that he absolutely owned the Lakers. He told Anthony Davis, I don't care who you think you are, but you are my little son, my little brother. You can go play in the corner with the toddlers because this is a man's league, and I'm going to block you. I'm going to push you around this court. He was 17 of 20. For 44 points. He was 2 of 2 from 3. So, what's, what's going on? Play, playoff Giannis is going to be a scary thing because last year unlocked him. Getting a chip unlocked him. This dude, man. Oh, yo, we're going to see a the couple confidence. more. 50, we're going to see a couple more 50 pieces with the half Sprite, half lemonade incoming in the future, my friend. I'm guaranteeing it. Unreal. Absolutely. I just needed to bring that up, man. But you can, you can do some hot takes. I mean, hey, the hot takes are easy this week for, for you and me, my friend, because we were mentioning it before. We've obviously got a return to the NFL. My streak, you know, 6-1 currently is on the line. I returned back to the positive two weeks ago. And Matt's with me here, I'm pretty sure, because it's all Bengals, baby. It's all Joe Burrows, incoming Super Bowl champs. We want to see it. The eye of the tiger, it's it's, it's Bengal time like Nate happened. 
Bro, there's just something about Joe Burrows and how cool he is that, like, you can't deny him the Super Bowl. I think, like, when you're that cool, things just work out for you. They just do. <laughs> and you're like you're like picturing him like four days or so from now holding the the you know holding the trophy holding the MVP with the hat on just being like yeah boys we did this that's right. All I'm thinking to myself is what's got to be going through Stafford's head and what Burrow's head. Stafford, man, it took me so long to get here. I on such a poverty franchise for so many years, and I finally get to this game. I need to win this game. I need to prove it. I need to show everybody. I need yeah. it. And Joe Burrow's like, eh, Yo, second man. year in the NFL, coming off a natty, coming off an ACL injury. Man, I'm Let's sick. Go. I may as well be the best thing since since the dawn of the day. I am just... Oh, man. And that kind of confidence and that kind of lightweight, no pressure. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to take the Bengals with you. I called that earlier. So for my mystic take, we're going 4-0 this week. I'm calling it right now. Oh man, I'm super excited, dude. I'm I'm super pumped. I can't believe it's Super Bowl Sunday. I can't believe the trade season happened. It's All Star Weekend. Sad that football's going away, but basketball's getting to arguably the best time of the year. So it's gonna be exciting times ahead for us. Yeah, maybe I'll start paying attention to hockey again. <laughs> maybe. All right. Anything else, my dude? Yeah, I can't promise, man. You see those Montreal Canadiens are drafts. <laughs> yeah, no, Look, man. I, I know it's hard when your team is garbage. Okay, but there will be hope. Okay, it's not only that my team is garbage, but that the the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to win the Stanley Cup. Okay, I've said this now four times on this podcast. It's going to happen. You mark my words. I can't believe you still let the words Toronto Maple Leafs come out of your mouth sometime. Kevin, do you remember when you met me in first year and I told you to write it down that Seattle would get a franchise before Quebec? (laughs) Who got a franchise? Uh, so true. All right, man. Well, thanks everybody for being here. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at the Port Sports. Like, subscribe, give us that thumbs up, whatever you need, and check out the Sports.net for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.